Well, good evening, everyone. Good morning, if you're on the other side of the world. This is Chelsea Diaz, your host for Make Your Mess, Your Message. I am so pleased to be here with you tonight and to really talk about something that's I feel like everyone at some point in their life struggles with. And so without further ado, I just want to jump right into I hope everyone is safe. I hope everyone is doing well. I um, personally live in Texas, and if you don't know by now, we had what was I like to call snowvid. Yes, we had snow blizzard out the wazoo that ended up knocking out electricity all over the state of Texas. We had some beautiful snow. It was nice. We all had our Instagram moment. And then the snow brought in this whirlwind of electricity issues and pipes being busted and short uh, food shortages and gas shortages. And it was just like havoc around here. And so I apologize for not being with y'all last Friday. However, I survived Snowvid. I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy a t-shirt that says just that. But anyways, besides the point, I um, would like to just really dive into what's on my heart and what I feel is super important in terms of this topic, which is purpose, walking in your purpose. You know, for me, purpose has been a very long road that I feel like I have been walking on and I know I'm not alone in this Um, I know that I have listeners and people that I've yet to meet and people that I currently know that have also faced this challenge in their life with the big question of what is my purpose and why am I here right I remember being a little girl and having this particular teacher that had asked me what do you want to be when you grow up? And you know, traditionally speaking, every little child, their eyes are wide open. You have no knowledge of the outside world and how hard it can be and how cruel it can be at times. And so as a child, your your dreams are like high sky and you you hear the funniest things that come out of children's mouths which are I want to be uh, a uh, scientist. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a moon launcher. You know, just whatever radical things kids will say. And some of them are kind of traditional. Like, I want to be a teacher. I want to, you know, be a firefighter. And by all means, I am, if you're any of those, I am not knocking that profession. Those are beautiful professions to have. However, I feel that dreams as a child are learned from what their parents input into their memory and into their into their life, what they see in their environment, their day-to-day, right? So a lot of kids say, I want to be a teacher because guess what? They're around teachers all day. <laughs> they see that, right? Um, but what I'm getting to is like, I remember my teacher asking me in the second grade, and I'll never forget it, Mrs. Turney, I will never forget this teacher, 
I've always wanted to find her, but I cannot remember her first name for the life of me. So who knows? Mrs. Turney, if you're listening to my podcast, I'm so thrilled to have known you in my life. And you really um, set me up for success. Here I am today. And she'd asked me, Chelsea, what do you what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you what do you want to do? And I remember so clearly responding with, I just want to change the world. And I remember at that time, my personal world was a mess. Literally a mess. You have no idea. My childhood was extremely rough. Extremely rough, to say the least. But that's not tonight's message. Um, But my message is, out of that roughness world that I lived in, I wanted to change it. I personally wanted to change not only my personal circumstances, but those that I've yet to meet, those that I would encounter in the future. And I really wanted to set myself up. How my little brain knew this, I have no idea. But I said those words. Little did I know I was manifesting or yeah, almost like projecting what I wanted to manifest in the future. And I'm so happy and thrilled to say that I'm walking in that today. And I'll get to that in a few minutes. But, you know, I want to encourage you and remind you, what was that little, little person of you, whoever you are, boy or girl, who, who was that little dreamer inside of you? And what did you say that you wanted to be? And are you doing that currently in your older age today? And if you're not, that's okay. And perhaps you're like many people in this entire world that said, you know what, forget, forget that dream. I'm just going to take the easy way and put myself on autopilot, so to speak. And, you know, be average. And, and again, that's not to say that that's a bad idea, but is that really what you want your life to amount to? It's just being average, quote unquote. So purpose is something that nobody in this entire world, but God can put on you. And purpose that I'm referring to tonight is the God-given purpose. The day you were born, you were marked. There's no doubt about it. God knew you before he formed you and the day that you would come home to him. He knew everything in between. And sometimes life is hectic. Sometimes life pulls us, pushes us, and reminds us that we're not worthy. And truth be told is, is that's a lie. You are worthy to live out your purpose. And you can live out any dream that you have. So I'd first like to begin with the fact that, one, if you find yourself not necessarily walking in your purpose, you can You can still get up and you can still keep walking. You're just on a different route. And I hope that by the end of this podcast, 
perhaps I enabled or drove you to get back on track, right? To, to discover this purpose, this God-given purpose. And so I first want to start off with my own personal purpose and kind of segue that into so that you can learn kind of my route, the route that I took. And keep in mind, the route that I took doesn't necessarily mean that that's applicable to every single person listening here. Every single person is different. I mean, that goes as far as our DNA. There's not a single one of us that are the same. Even twins, they're not the same. They look, but their DNA is different. So with that being said, you have to keep in mind when you're walking in your purpose, it's super important that you're not looking to other people's lives and their quote unquote purpose and what they're doing in their life or what their Instagram looks like or what their Facebook looks like. You can't. I'm going to tell you that right now. If you are doing this practice, stop. It's, it's only, you're only self-sabotaging your own mind. It's not going to get you anywhere. You have to stop looking at what other people are doing. You can't try to be a copycat or a similar person like anybody. You're you. You're unique to you. Why on earth would you want to be anybody else? And that's the whole point of this podcast. Podcast is making your mess your message. It's your mess. Your life. Your own unique story. And that's when you start adding that all up to an accumulation to everybody, then that's humanity at its finest, which is unique. What makes us so cool. It's why aliens have not revealed themselves, because guess what? We're way cooler than them. Disclaimer, I don't believe in aliens, but if they were out there, we're still cooler than them. I don't care if they have flying spaceships. We have Teslas, people. Have you seen the recent Tesla? It's like, okay, getting off topic, but besides the point, back to walking in your purpose. Again, purpose is something that is embedded in you from day one. And sometimes it does take people a very long time to discover that, right? It does take some people to figure out what that is. And sometimes they have to fail in order to succeed. And so for me, I'll just dive right into where I've personally been in my journey. And then I'll kind of go into a little bit more of an elaboration of that. And then we'll also, um, I'll give you some tips and some, some guidance in order to aid you in walking in your purpose. So let's go back to the story that I told you in a few minutes ago about my second grade teacher, Mrs. Turney. I honestly believe my purpose started from her question. Purposes begin with questions. And that is all this life will consist of is so many questions. And then when you dig deep into finding those answers is when you start walking right so my purpose really began with my second grade teacher and again I I owe her so much if I could only find her 
And she challenged me in all the positive ways that I believe a teacher could. And I was in the first grade. So I met Mrs. Turney, I was in the second grade. But funny story is, take you back to first grade. I remember first grade very clearly, and I'll tell you why. I failed, quote unquote. So, you're probably wondering, what the heck? This girl, she's she's smart, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. English is what happened. (laughs) Believe it or not, and it's so funny how God uses your inadequacies for his glory. And believe it or not, I was a horrible speaker. I couldn't write, I couldn't read nothing. I'm American and I didn't even know English. What's up with that? But yeah, I failed the first grade. And I remember them pulling this teacher, whoever I had in the first grade, pulled a a private um, conference with my mom and was like, look, your daughter is very smart in all of these categories (laughs) except for one. And we believe If she goes on to the second grade, she's going to struggle for the rest of her education all through high school. Like they were, they were like very futuristic about my life. Anyways, and so they had recommended to my mom that I stay back, that I, that I be held back. And I remember like, no, no, we're not doing that. I'm not re-wearing the same clothes that I wore in first grade all over again. It was, a, it was tiring times and scarce goodwill times. Love you, goodwill. And so I just remember being very humiliated and just embarrassed. And I'm like, why? Seriously. And I remember the teacher, you know, she was super sweet and all of this stuff. But I was like, lady, you're, you're grown up. You don't have to go through what I'm going through. I'm trying to go to second grade. And my mom did the right thing at the end of the day. She didn't know it. She was torn, but she said, okay, I'm going to take their advice. And I'm pretty much, they were going to pass me. I had technically passed, but I technically failed. I know it's kind of a weird one, but technically. And so, yeah, my mom said, yeah, let's keep her held back and I remember I cried and I cried and I'm like mom you're making the wrong mistake like a wrong choice like this is a mistake I I'm I need to go to second grade I need to get some new shoes but nope I got held back and so I repeated first grade come to find out it's kind of actually kind of common believe it or not but in that time back in the 90s it was a different time back then and I just did not want to see all my second grade classmates wondering why I'm not coming to second grade class. I'm going back to first grade class. And luckily for me, I didn't have a lot of friends, so no one really cared about me. So I think that was my saving grace in all of that. And so yeah, I repeated first grade. I did well. I was actually the smartest because I knew all the answers. I knew everything. And I had an English teacher that worked really well with me. And next thing I know it, first grade's over. I'm going to the second grade. And I'm like, woohoo, passing. I'm going. I'm moving on in life. And and I went to second grade and met Mrs. Turney. 
like I mentioned her earlier, wonderful teacher. She has no idea what she did for my life. And she, but she asked me a lot of questions. This is what I remember her. Not just me, I think everybody. But I took her questions very serious. I took them very straight to heart. And I ran with that. And when I responded with, I just want to change the world, I remember how powerful, now I remember how powerful our words really are, even at that young of an age. And what a little six-year-old really is trying to achieve in this life. Like, what do you know at six years old, right? And so life goes on and my second grade out of my entire education in terms of pre-k through 12th grade I've had a total of three teachers that made did something for me in in that educational realm but it started with Mrs. Turney and it started with her questions and pretty much that propelled me to keep going because I, I had to find the answer to these questions that she was always asking me. I had to know them. And then when I would discover the answer, it led to another question, which led to another question, led to another question. You see where I'm going with this, which amounted to being in middle school. And I had a teacher and I'll never forget, we go to school and we were supposed to take our career test, eighth grade. So this test was going to tell us what we should be as a professional in the career world after high school. And a lot of kids, like most people, didn't take it serious. But I did because it asked you questions. And I answered those questions honestly. And everything pointed to fashion or interior design or some sort of arts, artsy field. I am even to that to this day I'm still artistic in so many ways I'm very imaginative very very creative and I was always trying to create something and so I remember I hung I clung to that I was like all right I'm gonna move to New York I'm gonna become a fashion designer and I wanted to be part of the fashion world fast forward in life, I really, I genuinely focused on that. I actually got in connections with my own school. I started designing shirts. I started um, giving my friends fashion tips. I, every chance I got an extra dollar, I was buying the latest fashion magazines. And I really ate, breathed fashion in such a way a little bit has to do with the fact that I grew up on Goodwill clothes and hand-me-downs. So I was like, I'm determined to make sure I look good at all times. <laughs> but when you have to stretch a dollar, you get really creative. And I, I enjoyed that challenge. And so later on in life comes high school. I had another teacher that really pushed me in terms of what's to happen after high school, right? And if you're like any high schooler, the biggest questions they will always ask you in high school is, where are you going to go to school? Where are you going to go to college? Where are you going to get more education? Where, 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 right? 
what are you going to do? And sometimes when people hear these questions, they freeze. They don't know. And that's okay. But I was so determined. I'm like, I'm going to New York. You know, I'm going to make a life of myself in New York. And keep in mind, in my family, I am the first to actually graduate high school and go off to college and graduate college. So I was the first generation educated individual. Unfortunately, both my parents did not finish school and my grandparents as well. And so it was super important for me to continue on with my education just to really show one, I'm the oldest out of all of my siblings and I really needed to set that example for my siblings. And then for my own family, my individual family. And so next thing you know, and I'm finding myself in New York or trying to find myself in New York. I did a lot of Googling and I would put that little Google man down on New York city streets. And I'm like, yeah, I can see myself walking these streets. I was such a nerd. And so I um, wanted to go to go to uh, uh, an institute there and for fashion. I looked at this particular school, and I forget it was in Buffalo, New York. Well, if anybody really knows me, I do not like being cold. Actually, last week during Snowvid, I was so sure I was going to heaven. Like, oh my, take me now, Jesus, I'm freezing. <laughs> So I could imagine being in sub-zero temperatures all winter long for days upon days in Buffalo, New York, which they experienced that. And yeah, I'd probably just freeze to a little popsicle and nobody would even know. So I know it sounds silly, but the whole reason I forgot about New York is because it was cold. But it's okay. But I still hung on to this whole design endeavor of mine so fast forward I um, accepted into an interior design program in Oklahoma the University of Central Oklahoma and I went I moved I did the whole works roommates weird ones the college life right I remember I was so excited and during this first year there in this program, I met some incredible people, and actually one of my professors, he was a well-established interior designer from New York. I'm like, hey, hey, I was about to move to your state. Tell me why I should go now, you know? And I was actually top of my class. I was very good at what I did. And I got recognized in a lot of different projects that I produced. And I was extremely happy. Very, very happy. I actually felt like I was walking in my purpose. Like, not really understanding what all that really meant. And now you're probably wondering, how does changing the world have to do with design? How does interior design change the world? Well, interior design is not a commodity in life. You don't have to have it. It's a desire. It's a want. It's very superficial in a sense. You know, necessities of life, food, water, shelter, right? Oxygen. But 
but interior design nobody needs to have this fancy light bulb chandelier that costs ten thousand dollars that's really reserved for the elite in this life and i think deep down a part of me wanted that because i definitely didn't grow up elite by all means i grew up poe so i think a part of me really wanted that lifestyle to know what it felt like but deep down when i really started having intimate conversations with the lord and trying to like figure this all out i was still asking questions even as i was a sophomore in college and i can't get into all the depth deep deep details of this but just know that the lord and i we had a big heart to heart next thing i know it was april of 2012 and i was dropping out of school i was dropping out of interior design school and I was leaving behind something that I really wanted. And I was leaving behind a life that I could kind of see for myself. Even though at times I wasn't so sure, but I can, I can attest to the fact that I was really good at what I did. So that meant surely yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. But you have to remember, just because you're good at something doesn't mean that that is your purpose. Okay? Just because you're good at something does not mean that is your purpose. We all have gifts. Okay, God gives us all of us gifts. My gift was to be creative. I could turn anything into something. Believe it or not, my mother's the same way. She's way better than me. And I remember coming to this truth. Just because I'm good at something doesn't mean that that is my purpose. And I felt very heavy on my heart that I was to leave. I was to go. And I was to come back to Texas. And that's what I did in 2012. And so... Here I was again on this quest. Finding my purpose. What am I supposed to do now? Is the biggest question. Like, I was so sure that's where I was supposed to be. And there's nothing like feeling the sense of like surety... And then coming to the realization, mm, maybe not. <laughs> and next thing you know it, I'm packing up my little video apartment and my little Scion car ended up getting pulled over and outside of Dallas because I had quote unquote too much stuff in my car. He gave me a warning, by the way. But I always thought that was absurd. I'm like, seriously, how are people supposed to move? Not everyone can afford a U-Haul. I was a broke college student living off student loans. So, nonetheless, interestingly, when I was in college, I landed um, a really beautiful job opportunity, which allowed me to not necessarily be that broke. I stepped up from eating ramen noodles to eating um, chicken noodle soup. So, 15 cents to a dollar. I mean, I was banking, y'all. <laughs> But I had accepted a job at J.P. Morgan Chase in Oklahoma City. And I was a bank teller and I wore this awesome scarf and I thought I was just the bomb.com. I was so excited. 
because I actually had a cool uniform and it was very like fashion forward. It was like a mix between a flight attendant and a librarian, which I liked both. So it worked out. And yeah, I was a bank teller and I was like, man, okay, I'm going to school. I'm going to get my interior design uh, uh, um, degree. I'm working at this really cool bank. I get to wear this really cool scarf over here and cardigan. And I'm just, I'm doing something in life. And I don't have to eat ramen noodles. I can now eat chicken noodle soup. So yeah, it's cool. And then no, April 2012 comes, or 2012 comes and boom. It all got switched up. And I had to turn over my beautiful JP Morgan Chase scarf and pick back up my ramen noodles, move back in at my dad's house until I figured it out. And that's what I did. Came back and moved in at, at my dad's house. And one year exactly. From the day that I moved in to the and the day that I moved out was one year exactly. It took me a year to come up with this plan, this idea, this journey that I needed to walk into in terms of career. I I was really shooken by, okay, what do I do now with school? Like so I because I didn't have the answers, I just kind of stayed focused on some just general core curriculum courses, just so I can work towards something, right? And that's what I did. I went back to school, but just taking general ed, and and I uh, landed a job at another bank in my um, little town down here in Texas, and so I was doing both and. Yeah, life life was okay. But deep down inside of me, I was like, what am I doing? And I constantly asked that question to myself, and I constantly never got the answer. And it's interesting how that works, because sometimes God uses a moment of silence in our life to really humble us and to bring us back to the journey that he had us marked all along. And it's not to say the journey that I chose prior was out of his will, quote unquote, but it taught me something. And that's, that's the thing about journeys. You have to be able to walk away with learning that you learned something deep, right? And so I could say, and I'm really giving y'all a short clips here. I'm leaving out a bunch of detail, which is very hard for me, but here I was and I said, okay, I'm going to make it into the banking world. Well, I did. I landed some really good job positions in the banking world, worked for some very serpiges, serpiges. I can't even say that word. I'm so sorry. I'm just going to say superb. Mm -hmm. Superb banks. (laughs) There goes my English from the first grade where I couldn't talk sometimes. I still have it for every once in a while. It's like in my head, I can see the word, but then it comes out of my mouth and it makes no sense. And it sounds like, like what it just sounded like. Procedures. Oh, I think I said it right. Procedures. Besides the point. The banking world was where I was going to excel in. And I said, you know what? Maybe education is not for me. I'll stop altogether. 
And I, then I reminded myself, nope, I can't. I have to be the first in my family. I have to. And so I just stayed on track with getting my associates. And so I did that. And I had settled for the autopilot button really quickly because at that time, life was getting harder. I had to pay bills, so on and so forth. And I'm sure you understand this if you're listening. And that's what I'm saying. Finding your purpose, sometimes your purpose can get knocked down by just life itself. It's not even so much your choices. It's just life, right? Your bills don't care about your purpose. They care about themselves. (laughs) And if they're going to get paid. So... There was that, and I was working at this particular bank. I was working in a trust department. Trust department specifically handles very wealthy, it's wealth management is the fancier term, but very wealthy individuals' money, their assets. And there could be a number of reasons why a trust specifically for a bank becomes now the um, sole proprietor of this person's assets. Usually it's court-ordered, and usually it's minors. There's just so many different circumstances, and so I got to be really familiar with the law at that point. Very boring, but very interesting. And I'll never forget, I was sitting at my desk, I was sifting through some legal documents that I needed to brush up on in regards to a a client of ours. And it was clear as day. I mean, as clear as, as I'm talking to you right now, the Lord asked me a question. Now, I don't know about y'all, but when the Lord starts asking questions, you better pay attention. Please pay attention. Because if he's asking you a question, he has not only the answer, but the way to see it through. Instead of us as humans asking questions, God asking us a question, that's, I don't know about y'all folks, but that's pretty dang powerful. Because that means he's noticing something. He already notices everything, but that means he's really grabbing your attention and saying, hey, what are you doing? And that's whenever you have to really sit down with yourself and answer those questions accordingly, honestly and openly. And again, it wasn't to say that me choosing a banking career was the wrong purpose, so to speak, but it definitely was not the end goal by all means and so here I was and I was like alrighty guess I'm gonna focus on some more education here and next thing you know I'm in the medical field so I went back to school I was already going to school when I say I go back I would just what I mean by that is I really kind of like alright I'm gonna gonna keep taking English 1302 for every single semester (laughs) I need to hone in on something more precise and so that's what I did, and I went to school for a medical assistant, and 
next thing you know it, I'm again working at a bank. <laughs> I have to ha- I have to hand it to the banks. They kept me going, honestly. And I enjoyed what I did, so it was a really win-win. But, uh, yeah, focused on that. Also got my associates as well. So I was working on two, two different degrees at the same time. All the, all the while working full time, holding down a household in a sense. When I say household, it's those dogs. And so, um, but they can be expensive too. So don't shortchange a girl. And um, yeah, ended up landing the job that I had oh so hopefully wanted so bad. And it wasn't necessarily like a company. It was more or less an area in the medical field, which I wanted to work in pediatrics. Like my heart was PE. And so that's where I, I, after literally a year and like two or three months, even after I was done with school, I had to wait a whole over a year to get this job. And I did that and I worked in pediatrics for three years and it was beautiful, amazingly chaotic, but also so rewarding. And it was in those moments, that's when I, when I discovered my passion, my purpose was the medical realm. But I'm not talking about just going to say, oh, she works in the medical field. No, I wanted to change the medical field. I wish that I could, and perhaps maybe a different podcast for a different time, but I wish that I could go into deeper detail in terms of what the medical field really is about. That's good, and it's bad. Every industry has both. I saw it in the banking world, right? I've worked in retail. I've seen it there, too. And I've worked in restaurant world. I've seen it there, too. And no matter what industry you're walking in right now, you have an opportunity every single day to truly change it, to change it for the better. Now change doesn't happen at the snap of a finger, but it happens very slowly and gradually. And so nonetheless, It was in those moments when I would sit with my patients and take just an extra few minutes that was allowed to really dig deeper in relationships here. You know, people that are ill, they're looking for a way to have answers too. They may not like the answer or the diagnosis, but they're looking. And as a healthcare professional, you have to be able to not only know your stuff, but you have to educate, you have to have compassion, you have to have integrity, you have to be able to relate on all aspects and backgrounds of life. You never know who's going to come through that door that needs your help that day. In a big way or in a small way. 
and I found that I was really more alive in walking to work or walking into work. I didn't walk to work. I drove a car. But besides the point, walking into work knowing I have an opportunity to truly change a life. Now, could, in retrospect, could my interior design skills do the same? Maybe. Look at Chip and Joanna Gaines. They're just like taking over the whole interior design world. And they are phenomenal at what they do. God has blessed them tremendously. And I'm certain that they have intriguing stories of why their their client's home is so important to them. Right? However, like everything and everyone, there is a place with your name on it. And I'm going to tell you something. When you find it, it will forever, forever change you. And you'll never be the same. In all the good ways. In all the good ways, my friend. So... How does a little six-year-old Chelsea tell her second-grade teacher, I just want to change the world? How did I ever know what that really meant? Because I'm going to tell you right now, in my family, there ain't no medical people in sight. None. Zero. I never went to the doctor growing up. No lie. I'm not, I'm not joking. With the exception of when we had to go to the hospital for my little, my baby brother, because, um, true story I'm kind of ashamed but I hit him with a salt paper shaker and he ended up having cracked head he had to get stitches and I'm crying 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 because I felt horrible but anyways I I did not grow up around the medical world by all means I grew up with a mom that was creative and this woman could make our cactus look like it was a chandelier (laughs) so again Children, when they say what they want to quote unquote be, it's their environment is building that into their brain. It's 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 aiding into what they think their world is supposed to be by what they're seeing. So I always find it so interesting, not just my story, but anybody's story, when they're walking in a profession that is completely opposite of their upbringing, right? Or just, it, it makes no sense. The formula doesn't make sense for why would this person be this? Or why would this person do this, right? So, coming from my my upbringing it, it, and working in pediatrics, I remember when I was that age, you know, when I would have my patients with me, I could see myself in them in, in a way. And I remember what I needed then. I needed physical help, mental help, emotional help. And a lot of people's needs in the medical world aren't necessarily physical. They're really emotional. That's the healing component there. When you can tap into somebody's healing uh, or emotional needs by simply engaging in a conversation with them and meeting them where they're at, so to speak, and really caring, that's, that's healthcare at its finest. Now, is this a, pra- a common practice today? 
Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, we our society has gotten away from the everyday needs of the common individual, much less a child. Children need so much. This is why you constantly hear it. Your whole life will change once you have children, right? Because your life is no longer about you. It's about them and making sure they have everything that they need. And how are you to do that when you don't have a, a rule book, right? So oftentimes I would find myself with patients, parents, whom were asking me for parenting advice. I'm like, look, I just got a weenie dog, people. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did with my weenie dog. <laughs> but all jokes aside, I learned something about myself. You don't have to be a parent to parent. You don't have to be a parent to know things. You just have to be human, okay? You just have to be human. And at the end of the day, there's other humans coming to other humans for answers. And I had a deep desire and a passion inside of me and a purpose to find them. Just as I was when I was a little girl trying to answer my second grade teacher's hard life questions. So, fast forward, I'm in this medical world. I am now currently living through history. As you're aware, we are still in a stinking pandemic, people. It's not going away. And I, um, have had an interesting year to say the least last year rolling into this year but I am so happy and blessed to say I am working with the state of Texas with a local uh, local county's uh, health department and I am a COVID-19 vaccine administrator and I highly support the efforts and the resources that are available to this country and to the people here in terms of getting vaccinated. I do believe in this vaccine wholeheartedly, and I do believe uh, that it can change the world. And I just have a part in that. And I am, again, so entirely blessed to, to encounter patients every single day that have interesting lives and stories and some of it's heartache some of it's funny some of it you'll just if I just told you you'd be like no way there's that's not true but it's true people I can't make this stuff up I get some interesting folks (laughs) but nonetheless I can that that's my little short story of my purpose and I'm walking in it right now as we speak every day and I want to now switch over to getting um, you you as my listener wherever you are far and near it could be across the world right now in France if you're in Paris though on a serious note I'm trying to come to visit you soon my dream destination but COVID so anyways wherever you are 
shoot. You have to have to be able to first sit down with yourself and really hone in. Look at your life. Look at what you've accomplished. But really sit down with yourself and have a heart to heart with what is it that you're trying to achieve? What is it that you're trying to do? And not just do but to be passionate about, right? Don't, don't do a job just to collect a paycheck. That's boring. And to be quite honest, that won't get you anywhere. But you need to find something and do something that you will not only be proud of, but your future family will be too, right? And the ways that you can do that in very simple terms is get some paper, get some paper, get a pen, and write down three things that you're passionate about. And when I say passionate about, I mean like you eat, breathe, live, whatever this is. It could be singing, it could be gardening, it could be reading books, it could be building a car, anything, okay, the world is your oyster, and really ask yourself these top three passions, okay, now make a connection with, out of these three passions, what does that look like as a profession, right, and do some research behind this. So in other words, I'm just going to take an example of a gardener. Say you enjoy gardening. Say you enjoy all things nature. You could honestly do a couple of professions as a gardener. And I know that sounds kind of like absurd, like who's a professional gardener, but believe it or not, they're out there. Um, and you could go a couple ways with this. What if you enjoy teaching other people about gardening and what you know, right? Well, guess what? Start you a small business. Start teaching people skill sets. We need gardens in this world, folks. Snowvid just happened last week and all the groceries were gone. I'd have loved to have a, you know, a simple garden in my backyard because I was... Yeah, it was, it was scarce times. So what I'm getting to is you have to almost be creative and thinking outside the box. Don't be so traditional with, oh, well, I can only do this as a profession. This is just a hobby. No, 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 no. And then write down those three passions, then write down three professions that circle into and kind of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for, like, that project into that passion, right? And then you start doing some research as far as, you know, be realistic with the pay that you have, you know, we all have a livelihood that we have to continue to maintain. Um, But look into that, right? But I can assure you this, folks. The money will follow 
no matter what you're doing, don't chase the money. If you're trying to find a job that it needs to pay X amount of dollars, that that's no, that's no bueno. You're not going to get anywhere with that because you're, it's like a hunt. You'll never be satisfied. You'll need more and more and more. But when you have a passion, the money comes. I can assure you this. The money comes and it will follow you and it will find you some way, somehow. In the most bizarre ways that you can imagine. Second thing is, not only once you've done that, then you need to pray about these things. You need to really sit down with your creator, with your heavenly father that, guess what? He gave you those passions. You think you, you think you acquired them on your own? No. Think about the, the um, when you're a child, the development that occurs. You are so busy trying to grow your little toe. You don't know being a professional cookie baker is what you're passionate about. No, you don't. You're worried about your big toe, if anything. So your passions are really already in you. It just takes time for them to develop, just like your big toe, right? But when they do develop, you have to stick with them. Otherwise, you're going to be like Jim Bob down the street that's chasing the dollar. So, again, it all boils down to with, you have to have a, a, um, a knowledge. You may not have all the answers, but you have to have a knowledge of what what God has given you as passions and as gifts, right? And you have to know that these things are not meant for just like, I don't know, a, a shoe sitting on a shelf just to sit there and collect dust. You got to utilize them, right? And then lastly, this one's going to be a little peculiar perhaps, but ask other people around you, people that you trust that are going to give you an honest answer. Ask them what they see in you okay being happy in or successful in or how do they perceive you like when they in other words I have a friend and she sees me as XXX okay whatever her answer is what I'm saying is is your friends your closest friends your family members that are gonna know think of every singing artist out there all the parents always give the same answer. Oh, well, I knew little Jimmy Bob was just going to be a pop star because at one years old, he was singing. You know, like, <laughs> that's what they do. It starts at a very young age. But say you weren't that, that little kid that was displaying gifts and talents at one years old, two years old. Say it came when you were seven or 10, 12. People recognize things. People are watching you. Now you have to go out and ask them, hey, what did you see? What did you see that I was talking about or really into when I was 12 years old that I just would not shut up about? And they'll tell you and write those things down, okay? And lastly, friends, is 
you have to believe in yourself like no one else will. You have to believe in what you're called to do, what your purpose is, and you have to walk in it faithfully. It may not look pretty. It may not be cool. It may not make no sense, but you have to do it. And I can assure you, when you do, it all the pieces will come into play. And it will make sense. And it will look beautiful. And it will make you happy. But not just happy as in like, oh, happy. No, it will make you feel alive. Like a feeling that there's no English word to describe other than you feel alive when you're walking in your purpose. It's like you have an extra step in your step right and when you come in connection with it I can assure you you'll never ever look back I look back on my choices that I've made along the way thankful for them but ultimately they all led me to where I'm at today and that's that's journey that's journey at its finest that is life at its finest and I can assure you God will always bring you right back to where he wanted you to be all along now I hope that I opened up your eyes to something that perhaps you weren't aware of before and perhaps you knew all of this stuff good (laughs) maybe you needed a refresher but friends I can assure you that Everybody has a place with their name on it. Everyone has something that they can give every single day of themselves. And you reap what you what you give out. And when you're walking in your purpose, you get to see the fruit of your labor. And it's beautiful and it's amazing. And it's it's astonishing that we have this gift of life that we've been giving. We have two hands, two feet, and a brain to use every single day to serve other people. So I hope that you will continue to walk in your purpose, no matter what it looks like or feels like. I hope that you will believe in yourself 1,000 bajillion percent in, in the process of course and I hope that you truly are flying and soaring above all things in your purpose and I would love to hear from you if you are in need of just some more kind of like guidance or you have like some simple questions or something like this something I didn't cover tonight's episode. I'd love to hear from you. Please connect with me on Instagram. The handle is make your mess your message and you can directly message me there. My, My email is also on there as well. And so until then, my beautiful friends, wherever you are far and near, stay safe. Until then, be blessed, stay humble, and be kind. Thank you.